This is Rob G Radio. Here we are. All right. We are here. Are we here? We're here, sir. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to Rob Z Radio, the podcast. Rob Z, thanks for having me. It's about time for this to happen, right? It's I've been, exciting. I've been excited for this for a while. Uh, so we have Pastor Keith Deal in the house from CWC, the Community Worship Center in Tyrone, Pennsylvania. Yeah, come on. And, uh, you know, I, I was introduced to you through Micah Marshall. So if anybody's listening to this and they want to know what uh, Mike is all about, he was on a, the podcast uh, for Refuge Youth Network a couple of months ago. He introduced me to you. Uh, I started going, I guess I should... Where should I begin is the real question. Let me begin with me. Okay, that be sounds selfish. good. I'll be yeah, selfish about be it. Be selfish. I, I like that. So I, I used to go to church when I was young, uh, up until maybe uh, like 15 or 16. Never like excited to do it. It was like more like my whole family's going, so I have to go as well. Sure. And uh, I, I never, and I've told you this, I never got anything out of it really. I can always just recall being in church and uh, being sweaty for some reason. <laughs> it was hot. I used to, like even in the wintertime, I was I was hot. Preacher like, uh, preaching uh, hellfire and brimstone. Right? Yeah, I'm burning up on the yeah. inside. Something's wrong. I don't know. But uh, I and I always had allergies. Now there's flowers in there or something. My nose would always be running. I just never enjoyed myself for whatever reason. Uh, and it was a Lutheran church that I, I first had gone to, okay. and I, I also went to like the cathedral here in Altoona. Uh, a few times as well but both sides of my family went to church and both sides like were were kind of into it do you know what i mean like not like full-blown we didn't we didn't talk about it afterwards but we'd go just to like you know cleanse yourself obligation yeah there you go as like an obligation so uh moving throughout my life i never really got a whole lot out of it then my both my families kind of stopped going i didn't go at all for a long time up until I started going to CWC uh, maybe, what was that, two, a couple months ago. Yeah. I started going again. And the first time I walked into CWC, I was just like, this this is different, number one, from what I've been to before. And I just, I, I felt like there was a lot of great energy in the room. Live band. Yeah. Right? And yeah. like, there's not pews. I was like, oh, oh padded <laughs> seats. Yeah, you can't have the pews. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, you got to have comfortable seating. And uh, I just, it, it gave me a whole different outlook. Now, obviously, this is only a couple of months uh, into the situation. Um, but that was sort of my background where I never really felt it. But mm-hmm. when I go into where, to where, where you do your thing, I feel something different that I didn't uh, feel anywhere else. And I guess maybe that's because I understood it better. It's not as, uh, you go to the cathedral. It's a lot of the, what would you call the the hymns and stuff like that. Sure. And I just didn't understand what was going on necessarily, and I felt like it was for an older generation and not for a younger generation. Mm. And that's where yeah. I kind of was was connected with with what you do. So there's my short brief background. Yeah. <laughs> let me let's talk about you though, man. Because all right, let me be selfish for a little bit. You, this is all about you. I talk enough nice. on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, but I just wanted to give a quick, quick rundown of my history with, with church. Mm-hmm. And now your experience, where you've come from to where you are today. Let's start with where you are today and what you do at CWC. All right. Well, <clears throat> yeah. So it's kind of funny. You, you talked about the energy um, in the room um, there at CWC. And, and you know, we really um, 
we really strive for and ask God for a, a tangible presence, um, you know, in the room when people walk in, uh, because we really want people to come and be able to to relate to something real, instead of being something far off and imaginary, like you're you're reading a book about a, a far off land, but rather, you know, experiencing a God who wants wants first of all you to experience Him and also wants to experience you, mm-hmm. um, which is very very cool. You know, um, one of the things that I know that that uh, God had called us to do at CWC is, you know, um, get away from the the mundane of religion and start living in a relationship for uh, with Jesus, and and that's what that's why the Son of God came so that we could have a, a relationship with Him that's real, that's that's something you can put your finger on and know that something is happening different in the room because He just walked into the room, and uh, so you know that that's really what we we want to take place in everybody's lives, you know, because even me growing up in church. Um, I never felt connected. I always felt like it was uh, for older people and for, you know, off, you know, later in life, later in life yeah. type of thing. And yeah. and that's not at all what, what Christ came to do. And so uh, we, we wanted to make sure that, that our church was a place, first of all, where all people are welcome. Doesn't matter what you did, where you come from, um, even maybe what you did Saturday night, uh, but rather that you've walked into this place and all of a sudden you're going to experience something different. Um, in your in your life and because uh, so often and I even run into this uh, now at, at the churches uh, people have come into me and says it feels more like a club in here than it does a church yeah and I said hey listen that that's that's fine with me because we we want people to come in and just feel comfortable because we want you to come as you are I think you know the church has a really bad negative connotation in it that you have to look a certain way you have to act a certain way in order to be welcome there mm-hmm. and I think that's completely backwards from what Jesus displays in the Gospels. And so we want to do what Jesus did, which was uh, go to people who maybe uh, don't look the best, that that don't uh, maybe dress the nicest or live a, a, a a quote unquote uh, good life, mm-hmm. and then feel completely welcome uh, when they walk in the doors, uh, because you know it's it's about loving people, right. and so that they can they can experience the love of God. So that's kind of what what we uh, base our um, our church off of, if you will, is making sure that people come in feel loved so that they can feel the, the love of God. Because when you feel loved, first of all, you can let down your guard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you feel welcome somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, if you walk into somebody's house and they make you feel super welcome, right? They're they're real hospitable to you. It's easy for you to sit down and feel relaxed. But if you walk in and, and they don't offer you a drink, they don't offer you a place to sit down, you've got to do all that yourself. You feel on edge the whole time instead of feeling welcome. And we want people to come in and feel super welcome there. Like they belong there because they do. And uh, that's the way we've went about um, you know, uh, doing church, if you will, um, is that way, because we really thought that's what the Lord wanted us to do, something different than the normal traditional uh, church. So, And it, it's like it's like a new age kind of thing, just like bringing a new a new energy into the whole situation. Now, anybody listening to this who might who knows me uh, from the past, like I've never like really talked about uh, church, talked about religion, really uh, spirituality for sure. But it's even surprising to me at this point that I'm 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 getting into it because I didn't see it coming. It's not something that I was like, yeah, maybe I'll get into that one day. It was always like, I don't think I'm. That's my thing. I just don't think that's what I'm going to be getting into. And uh, certain things happen and certain things come together where it's like maybe that is the the thing I need to try out because it was something different because it was because of the way you guys did it differently. That's what attracted me to it. Number one. Um, but I imagine people listening to this as I would listen. Uh, maybe in the past, to somebody 
talk about church and I would like roll my eyes and be like, oh yeah, whatever. Like I don't, this isn't for me. I don't get it. And I I don't even want to accept it. And I have a lot of friends like that. I, I, you know, I could, I could, we would talk in the past many times about how we don't know if, you know, if God's real, we don't know what's real. We don't know how, we, we don't know how we got here, but we also know that, um, that the church and religion is, there's too much wrong with it. To, to be cool with it, right? To really sure. to think that it's the right way to go because there's been a lot of bad things that have happened and a yeah. lot of bad things have given it a bad name. Yes. Not to get specific, but we all know what we're talking about. Like, you know, the, the bad things, the words, the the rumors and the truths that have been exposed about uh, certain parts of uh, church and certain parts of religion. Yeah. Uh, so just me being in the position that I'm at right now with this is awesome because I'm really starting to enjoy it from a different perspective but I also am really impressed with with what you do there because you uh, bring an authenticity to it and at the same time you are somebody who you would never think would end up in the situation where you were at so hearing your story is inspiring because it's like oh okay if this guy who was so far removed from what, where he's at now can get to where he's at now. Yeah, there's something there. Like sure. there's something real there. It's not somebody who grew up in the church. It's not somebody who has been you know doing this their entire life. Like you, you were hit with it, yeah. and you had to go do it. So let's like, tell yeah. us tell us that. Tell us just how you got to where you are today, because the story is just it's 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 a fantastic like hero's journey, right? Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, well, God's awesome. L- let me talk co- about a couple of things before we get even to my story. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, the first thing you said is you weren't even expecting it, you know, um, to, to walk in and get into to church, if you will. And, you know, I, I love to call it, that's the sneaky Jesus move. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, that, that's why we, we, we want people to come in because we know this, that if people come in and experience him for who he is, the love of God, the 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 grace that, that surpasses all understanding, like it just doesn't make sense that, that God would, would reach out and touch me because of what we've been taught all of our lives. Like, you know, you've got to do this, this, and this in order to, to encounter God. You know, you got to live by these sets of rules. So it's a behavior modification and not a heart transformation is what we've been taught up to this point. And that's why we're just trying to get people in the door so that, that Jesus can sneak up on them and be like, hey, and intrigue them. Be yeah. like, what is this? I might not even be sure what it is. I just know there's something different about yeah. what just happened in this place. And, you know, I think in the, the other part you was talking about there about the church and the negative uh, connotations that went along with it, you know, um, the church and all the the faults that's happened um, in church uh, with with men of God falling and getting into things that they you know moral failures and, and all those different things, um, you know what people do have to understand from a church side is it, it's ran by people. Yeah. You know, first of all, God is the ultimate rule in it, but it's still people, and people make mistakes, people mess up. I think the problem with the church though has come into where they have had a self righteousness from a standpoint of, well, you need to live the way I do, and then you'll be good. Instead of saying, no, live like Jesus. Don't don't look at me. I'm not the the standard here. He right. is. You know, because I'm going to let you down. 
I'm going to be honest. I'm not a perfect guy. I'd never claim to be, and I have mistakes and faults and all these things wrong in my life that God's still pulling me through and working me through. But to make sure that we keep our eyes focused on Him, and then it doesn't become about judging someone on the way that they're acting. Uh, and that's what the church has done, has has judged people according to their deeds instead of saying, hey, listen, man, we, we see this happening in your life. Man, mm-hmm. all you got to do is, is, is call on Jesus and watch Him help you and walk you through those things you're going through. And see, that to me is like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? Right? If, if you would say, if, when, we, when you were saying that when I first went in there, the first couple of times I was in, I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, listen to Jesus and, and listen to what he has to say. I'm like, I don't know what, for somebody, from an outsider sure. who hasn't like experienced that, and I'm still, obviously, I have a lot to learn, but it's like, what, what does that mean to you personally? Uh, yeah. So, you know, Scripture is very clear. It says, call on the name of Jesus. All that call on the name of Jesus will be saved. Everyone who calls on his name, which is simply, literally, just surrendering, saying, Jesus, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And then recognizing that you need his help. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. It isn't like, like this deep... Um, you know, a bunch of steps to get there. It's simply just realizing and recognizing, hey, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. And I, and I need you uh, to help me through this. And, and that, that will take us into my story. You know, um, just like what you were saying, Rob, is, is where I've come from. You know, I was a heroin addict for, for eight years. I was on over $300 of heroin a day, every single day, man. I mean, where, you know, my mom had caught me overdosed in, in, in the bedroom and with needles in my arms dying and literally have to, to drag me out of places to, to nurse me back to health. Yeah, and man. yeah, man, and I'd have, you know, abscess all over my arms and mm-hmm. where, you know, veins collapsed on me. And still, matter of fact, to this day, you know, if I go in and got to give blood for something, they, they can't even hit the vein anymore because the, the veins tore up from all the drug use from all them years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up in a home where my dad was a drug addict. My, my mother was was saved, uh, loved the Lord and would try to take us to church. But again, I didn't feel connected. It was about do's and don'ts instead of a relationship. And it was about if you did this and you did that, that God would reward you for doing that and I and I never understood what a personal relationship with Christ was and uh, so I went and did my own thing end up falling into heroin addiction for many years in and out of jail several times and you know it, it was really wild um, how this took place I was uh, one night I was you know and this is a very quick synopsis obviously because I don't want to go real long on people but um, one night I was sitting in a bathroom getting getting ready to get high and um, I was sitting there with the needle and and um, you know and then I just I got tired of because if anybody has ever been in that place it, it's very tiring to, to be on drugs and, and living that life is really really hard on you and I had nothing I had no one you know no one wanted me around anymore not my own family nothing yeah. and so it was a really rough life and, and I can remember sitting there and, and I had nobody and you know and, and I can remember sitting there on the on the on the toilet um, getting ready to get high and, and and I just started crying because I didn't know what else to do you yeah. know and, and I remember saying Jesus help me that's literally all I said I said if you're real Show me you're real because I, I, I need something here um, in this moment to, to help me because I was just I was fed up. And, and that night, man, God, you know, showed up to me in a, in a dream, literally in a dream. Jesus showed up and told me enough's enough. And, and, and I literally flushed all the dope down the toilet um, and, and never went back to heroin again. 
and uh, ended up going to obviously a drug uh, uh, treatment facility, a rehab, a Christian rehab, and, and began my, my journey with the Lord. And uh, from that point in time, man, God just kept uh, showing up. And it was it was then that I realized in that moment that Jesus was real. Like I could I could literally you know feel him. I could touch him. I could talk to him mm-hmm. in in a way. And, and I don't mean touch like I could touch you right now sitting here, you know, your hand or something. But rather my 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 spirit could feel him, you right. know. And and it was it became a whole lot more than what grandma and mom and and the Bible school teachers taught me. It was this real individual that showed up in my worst, darkest moment and told me he loved me and showed me this kindness that I had never felt before because everybody else had cast me aside, which, you know, rightfully so, to be honest, you know, yeah. stolen so much from them and did all this stuff. Yeah. So it was rightfully so. And but 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 God didn't do that to me. You know, he loved me even when I was unlovable by mm-hmm. everyone else. And 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 then all of a sudden, man, it just, you know, I, I caught a revelation of just how good Jesus was. And then from that point forward, I went on to discipleship classes and, and Bible training and then, you know, went on to be a pastor now. And, you know, through that experience, knowing that, that Jesus loved me at my deepest, darkest hour tells me that, that, that anybody— could touch him if, if they just ask, if they only ask. The Bible says this, that, that we receive not because we ask not. Mm. We receive not because we ask not. So it, he's literally just a question away, mm-hmm. just a question. Just, Lord, are you real? Jesus, let me feel you. You know, um, let, let me, if you are real, let me experience what this guy who I don't know on the podcast is talking about. Yeah. If, even if it's right now, you know, Lord, let, let me just feel you. And watch how he'll show up on your behalf in your darkest moment or even at your greatest moment. Now, you're not saying he shows up, right? You say, hey, let me let me see you. And that's not going to happen right it, then and it there. Could. It I've could. I've heard people, but, right. but typically it's more of how it's happened with me is, is I have... I have felt him in my heart in mm-hmm. a way that's even more real than living everyday life. Wow. Okay. Like it, it's literally so. So my wife and I, I'm completely in love with my wife, Julie, and um, you know, but Jesus is more real to me than even her. So it, it, it's just a really, really interesting thing. It's supernatural. So it's hard for me to put natural words to it. Yeah. And expressions to it. That's one of the biggest issues, right? It's oh, so absolutely. hard. It's so hard to actually manifest in with the words we use, the language we have, what it actually means to you. Now, there's a couple things that I, I want to go. go I wanted to go back because somebody listening to this, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of this from my perspective, from me a couple of years ago, or me t- five, ten years ago, listening to this and being like, "What? Like what? It doesn't make any sense to me. Sure. It just sounds crazy. It sounds like crazy talk because yeah. um, one of the things is, right, uh, we've all seen things. We've all maybe had like a hallucination or had like a vision or had an epiphany or had like a great thought or just had some sort of inspiration come over you, right? And, and I've, I've heard this from other people and I've kind of adapt, adapted to this mentality of where maybe it wasn't real, right? Maybe that thing that you saw in a dream, that thing that you experienced, that you that only you experienced and nobody else experienced it, maybe, like, because people always say, well, that was just a hallucination. That was just this or that. Well, if it happened to you and it was real to you, then it's real. Mm-hmm. Does that, do you understand what I sure. mean? Like, it doesn't matter that anybody else saw it. It doesn't matter that anybody else believes you. If it really, if you really believe it, then it's that's real to you. That's a real tangible thing. It's just 
it's one of those situations where like somebody I'm, I'm going to take it to like being a, seeing a ghost or a paranormal thing if you saw it you saw it you know that you did if you have uh, you know multiple personality disorder or whatever like that's real to you real. even right. though nobody else can see it so um, I always think of that whenever some, when, when you say what you just said right there that Jesus came to you in a dream like I'm sure people who have had similar dreams right they've had similar experiences but they've written them off maybe yeah, like oh, that was just sure. me thinking crazy, or you know, I've I've taken like melatonin and gone to sleep, right. and you had the weirdest dreams. Dreams, that's <laughs> true. It's <laughs> and true. They're, they're like crazy, but it's yeah. like, well, that was. But to me, like I know what I had in that dream. Like that was wild. So, um, you know, I, I I'm just gonna. This is an example that I have myself. That I was taking a walk a couple of weeks ago, and I usually just go on a walk to try. Like I'm trying to like think of an idea. I'm trying to be creative. A, a walk always brings something out for whatever reason. So I was walking and um, I, was, I, I meditate. So I, I was doing like a walking meditation where I'm just like following my footsteps. And uh, something said to me, it's your time. Like your time mm. is now. Like yeah. this, is, this is your moment. And I, and I was, and I remember it hit me and it, it gave me like a rush, like a euphoric kind of rush. And I was like, wow, that was weird. And I believed it because I was like, "That's that. That was real to me. Whether that was just my brain just throwing a thought out, or it was somebody like Jesus or somebody talking to me. Yeah, it was real. Like that was a, an experience that I felt. And it's every day I think of that. And that was probably like three or four months ago, I think. And uh, I'm like, and whenever you say stuff like this, and when I hear people talk about you know the hallucination was it real was it was it fake was it just your brain creating whatever chemicals were combining in your brain at the time it doesn't matter because to me i felt it and i was like wow that was that was a moment like i'm going to remember that moment for a long time what it meant i'll find out right i mean but i know that it meant something really uh positive for my life because i've used it as that yeah um so another part of this you said you didn't want to get too deep into your into your past story, but I think that's important for a lot of people to hear because a lot of people struggle not just with drug addiction, but just like the pattern of negativity wow. that gets you to that low point, right? I mean, yeah. there's it's not like a you don't all of a sudden just start doing heroin. No, it's a long progression yeah. of negative things. It's a slow fade. Yeah. So, like, what was that for you? Like, what was that slow fade into that that moment when you were sitting on the toilet? crying in the bathroom yeah so you know um growing up like i said my, my dad was a, a a drug addict and you know um i would you know i would steal his marijuana and different things like that and i was just a kid trying to have quote unquote fun that was yeah. it just with my buddies partying a little bit you know with the girls all that stuff just being a kid That's is what i thought yeah. yeah you know what i mean i just a boy being a boy yeah. and where did you, know, you grow up i grew up in amanda ohio okay uh which is a little tiny uh town outside of columbus about 25 minutes south of columbus and um you know and I was an athlete and, and all that stuff. And I, and I had, you know, uh, a bright future uh, being a, a basketball player and all this other stuff. And and so I had a lot of opportunities um, to travel and, and do and play ball and do these different things. And, but I would meet people on those trips and we would party and, and we would get into mischief and, and all that. But it started out just having fun, man. It, it didn't start out thinking, you know, one day I'm going to be a, a drug addict. Yeah, sure. You know, it was just, hey, we're going to have fun and, and you know. You know, tomorrow we'll go back to work or, you know, go back to school, whatever. And um, just but after time and time of doing that, you know, the scripture says this, that 
that that sin enslaves us mm-hmm. to it. And uh, actually, the, the book of James likens it to a lure, like a fishing lure. You said you just was out fishing, right? Yeah. And, and, and basically, sin is like a bait that right. the enemy throws out there, and, and he just kind of you know you know lures you in into this place to where you finally become bound in it and don't even realize that it's that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And so it's slow. It's, it's like very slow. One piece at a time. You don't follow those breadcrumbs and you don't see the end right it's just like one little thing yeah it's it's crazy like that it is crazy like that and and that's why that's why the scripture also tells you that sin leads to death and that's exactly where it was leading me Mm -hmm. was to death and and little did i know that i was that the deeper i got into it and the more i got high and 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 did those sorts of things that the deeper the um the, the the sin was grabbing a hold of me. The addiction was grabbing a hold of me, and you know I went from smoking marijuana a couple you know on the weekend to to doing it every single day, then to mm-hmm. drinking a lot, and then I went into pills, mm-hmm. started to pop some pills every now and then, you know after games or whatever because I was hurting, and then uh, went from that to doing it every day. I actually, wanted to start back in the in the '90s. Now I'm revealing how old I am, but in the '90s, you know we started going to rave parties, these okay. raves yeah. and all this stuff, and, and ended up getting on to um, MDMA, uh-huh. um, and then went from that to crystal meth, yeah. and then went from crystal meth, I, that's when I when I found heroin. And, um, you know, then- Heroin's I, always the end point, it seems like. Kind of seems I guess that meth and, and heroin, kind of like the two, the stops. That's like the last stop, right? I that's mean, like probably the worst you're going to get. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's pretty, pretty rough uh, on you. And anyone who's done it for any amount of time at all, those types of things, it will tell you that they're, they're miserable. Whether they put a, a face on or not, um, they're, you know, it's, it's miserable because you, you got to have something every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to wake up and go to sleep with it. And, and, you know, so, but that's what it was, a slow fade, man. It was just slow. And one of the things you, you, you said there a minute ago about, you know, people not understanding how, how can you, you, you understand it? You know what I mean? As yeah. far as, you know, me saying Jesus showed up and, right. and, and took that from me. Uh, Cause he really did. Uh, scripture says that um, each seed bears the fruit of whatever's sown. Right. So in other words, here, here the Lord had showed up in my life mm-hmm. and, he, and he sowed the seed of freedom in my life. And I've become free from drugs and those things ever since that happened. That's the fruit of what God did in my life. It wasn't just a moment for me of, hey, I needed to quit doing drugs. Mm -hmm. I had that revelation many times over, but I had no power to do it. It was the moment that I said, Jesus, I need help. Mm -hmm. Because I tried everything, Rob. I mean, I went. My parents spent thousands and thousands of dollars sending me every rehab, Mm -hmm. the best in the country. Nothing stuck. As soon as I got out, boom, you know, I'd go right back on it because I had no power to do it. My own abilities couldn't couldn't keep me off the drug. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, as soon and, as and people, I'm sorry, I don't. I just no, want to kind of get into that because, like, I've struggled. We've talked about this. I've struggled with certain things. And uh, what happens is, like, you you need a reason, right? Because nobody wants to be in that spot. You didn't want to be where you were no. you weren't happy with it mm-hmm. nobody who's addicted to something is happy with it it's like i want to stop it's like a, like a child molester like they don't want to do it but there's something that's like just possessing them like they have to do it and it's so uh i don't know it's because you, you hear people talk about it being like a, a disease and these people are they need to be cured or that they're just a waste of life and they need to like be forgotten about and they need to figure this out for themselves um, if you don't have the right structure in your life, 
with with your family. This is what this is why your story is, I think, pretty awesome. Like a lot of us, a lot of people don't have that structure where their parents, even if they do care, will even openly talk to you about it. And even if they openly talk to you about it, they may not even understand the level of attachment that those things bring along with them. Yeah. Like even though you're like, I know you need help, and I know this is tough, you don't understand like the grip. Because it's a daily thing, right? You wake up, you think about it. You go to sleep, you think about it. Everything you're doing, you're thinking Think about, about it. it. Yeah. So breaking that without having something, like you went to rehab. You had people yes. who loved you. You didn't want to do it anymore. What is it? Because I've never been like addicted to heroin. But I mean, like I've had definitely things like grab a hold of me. Um, what what is it like that you can't get away from? It's just like a, it's just every second of your of your day. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're first of all, you're emotionally and physically attached to the drug. Mm-hmm. You know, because your emotions without it, you're up. I mean, you're you're bawling one minute. You're about ready to rip somebody's head off the next. So it it's stable. It's the you know, it's your stability. That that's what the drug becomes. It becomes your stability. Mm-hmm. You can't sleep without it. You can't eat without it. You can't. Uh, you just can't function in life without that drug, yeah. uh, because you're emotionally attached, but you're also physically attached. Without it, you're going to get sick. Right. You're going to get the the chills. You're going to be laid up in the bed for multiple days until you can get it. And so it consumes every moment. Even when you have it, you're only thinking about getting more because you know it's about to run out. Right. You know what I mean? So it's never stopping. It's just this constant cycle of garbage that the enemy has lied to you and told you. And, you know, uh, what you were saying about it being a disease and um, other people saying, you know, you're, you're worthless. You need to figure it out yourself. I think both are, are not... Uh, is it a disease? Sure. I, I think that addiction does come from, a, um, um, uh, I guess, you know, DNA a little bit, uh, you know, your, oh, yeah. your genealogy. I mean, obviously I can follow back mine and know that my grandfather's grandfathers, all of them were alcoholics, drug addicts, my dad, da, 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 right. cousins and all this stuff. Sure. Um, you know, however, you know, you definitely need people around you to love you even at your darkest moment, to be able at least to be there to support you in a way. And I think that's where the church needs to come in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's where the church, because people don't have, all of them didn't have a mom like I had. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be able to love me even in my darkest moment. Not that she really wanted me, you know, there in the house because of all the stuff I'd done, but she still would love me and help me get the help whenever I was ready for help. She would send me to wherever I needed to go. Um, and you then know, you'd come back and... Do it again. Do it again. And she'd help you again. Again. Every time my mom would help me. I mean. Parents, especially moms. I mean, it's crazy like that, right? That That's crazy that, that, that the deep love. It, it like is. That you would do anything. It anything. doesn't matter. Well, you're a parent. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, got to do anything. Yeah, you do anything. And that's, it's a weird thing because on one end, you're like, you got to let them fend for themselves and you got to let them figure things out. But on the same side of the coin, on the other side of the coin, it's like. It wouldn't matter what was happening. I'd bend over backwards. I'd sell my house, like whatever needed to be done. Whatever for your kids. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I think, you know, obviously um, the, the church needs to play a role. And this is where I think we, we come in in the life that I came from and the way we run even our leadership team and the way that I, I give our, our leadership advice and say how we're going to do stuff is from the side of loving people no matter what they're going through mm-hmm. uh, because you never know when that come to Jesus moment takes place in their heart. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of times, man, the church has gotten in the way of that, of people. Yeah. They, they really have. They've actually stood in the way of God 
touching people's lives by Absolutely. them thinking that they need to fight against these people instead of fight for them. Right. You know, um, and, and we need to start fighting for people, not against them. You know, stop, stop, you know, always wanting to be right. You know, we're always constantly trying to struggle with this right and wrong question. It's hard uh, to fight that off. But yeah, yeah that's, that's the tough part. It's like, I want to prove that, it's, that I'm right. Th- that's right. Yeah. yeah. Why do that? Why, why not? You know, I, one of the things I always say, uh, actually, you and I have talked about this before. You know, it's not about being right or wrong. It's about life or death. What are you speaking to bring life into people? Mm-hmm. They've already heard all the other stuff. You know, people have heard that they're worthless. People have heard they don't deserve it. People have heard that they've, they're too far gone. They, they've heard all that. Why don't you speak life over them and mm-hmm. bless them? Because somebody had it in them to tell me, Keith, this isn't the end. Something can happen different. If you, if you just give your life to Christ and continue to move from the moment I gave my heart to the Lord that night on the toilet, then there was people that came alongside me and said, Keith, it ain't over. This is just the beginning. Man, God's going to use you in such a mighty way. And they just spoke life over me. And and now the fruit of that has been what, what you see, Rob, um, of the church that's growing and, and, yeah. and all that stuff. And I've got a beautiful family, two great kids, a uh, nice home and all that stuff yeah. because of what God's done in my life. And, you know, the church has got to start speaking life into people instead of cursing over them start blessing them you know well like you said it's the human intervention that always screws things up humans are always going to mess stuff up right when it (laughs) comes to like the church like that's that's what it is like because everybody human no human is infallible like we all are a mess in some way or another so when you talk about giving your life over to jesus or to god it means like you're letting you're letting jesus kind of guide you along yes because you're going to screw it up what, what's it, Carrie Underwood, right? Jesus, Jesus take the wheel. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? yeah, no, for real. And I, I never understood that. And that song I always found to be really, really corny. I was like, what? what? But whenever I hear you talk about it, and I, the more I think about it, and the more I like, I go over it in my own head, it's like, that makes sense. Because whenever I try to, like, I, I can be a bit controlling. And whenever I try to control things, I get frustrated. I get mad at other people. They get mad at me. And nothing ever works out the way I wanted it to in the first place. Right. So, like, that, all that control is just. You gotta let. You gotta try to let it go. I mean, that's hard. That's easy to say. Super hard to do. It is. But uh, I think that's the the key part of it. Is just how can you back off and just like let things happen. And you know, I got into this whole thing. It's interesting because I started listening to a lot of self help guys. Like uh, there's like Tony Robbins and like uh, Tim Ferriss and. Um, and Ty Lopez and there's, there's a long list of guys that I could think of and girls who. Uh, Talk about self-help and talk about like changing your life. And sure. this this is a path I've been on for like three years now, or maybe mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Then when I started going to CWC, I started reading the Bible. I started learning more about um, just spirituality and about uh, God and Jesus. I was like, wow, th- these things all intersect. Yeah. Like the message from all the self-help people who aren't talking about religion right. or spirituality or church right. or anything, and the whole church side, they meet with the same ideals and mm-hmm. the same concepts. It's this, It's almost identical as like, even though they're not mentioning each other. Yeah. It's the same ideas that, that come together, like, you know, positive thinking and um, it just having a good outlook on life and helping other people and, you know, altruism and having empathy and all that kind of stuff. It's, and uh, just, you know, rec- recognizing there's a higher power, something that's 
running this, than you. running this thing. Yeah, I think a lot of those guys too, the, the, the reason why you see such fruit from those things, like the Tim Robbins and those guys, um, I think that they, they actually uh, apply godly principles to what they're saying. And mm-hmm. here's the cool thing about God's principles. God's principles will always come true no matter who we are. Because God's not dictated by you or I. God's dictated by God. And so if we follow God's principles, right, if you reap, right, Scripture says this, that if you sow generously, you'll reap generously. In other words, if you're giving to people and you're you're willing to to go out and put yourself out there to help people, then God's going to just give it back to you Mm -hmm. even more Mm -hmm. because that's his principles. You know what I mean? And so because it's better to give than it is to receive. Well, when you start applying those principles, whether you believe in Jesus or you don't, Mm -hmm. God principles always come to pass because God's word always comes to pass. It never returns void. It it never doesn't accomplish that what it sets out to accomplish. So whether or not you're giving your heart to Jesus or not, you still apply godly principles to your life. You're going to see good outcome from your life here on earth. The problem gets into then eternity, which, you know, is is a total another conversation because the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus, right? Because Jesus says that he's the way, the truth, and the life. So he is the bridge to get there so whether you want to call yourself a christian or you don't don't really matter to me as long as you believe in jesus you're good Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think that that that's that's the key to it but applying godly principles will always um uh bring you success on this earth period right so that makes a lot of sense and uh okay so going from uh you have that moment you have that revelation you have that vision to actually becoming a pastor like When you first told me this story, I was like, "So what? You just you just kicked a three hundred dollar a day heroin habit, and you were fine? Like that doesn't happen, right? And right, it didn't right. happen that no, way. No. You went. What was your journey? Yeah, going from there to there, like that. That's there's a there's a bulk there. That's an important part of your story, right? Yeah, sure. It took it took um, almost three years to go from the time I had that night of putting heroin down and flushing it down the toilet when I felt like God you know, spoke to me. I knew Jesus spoke to me and said, enough's enough. And from that moment uh, forward, I, I got into a program and uh, spent a year and a half there um, in the program and then went on to stay on it, on a staff there and then went and helped them plant a men's recovery home out in Cleveland, Ohio, which is called City Reach Network. Matter of fact, a shout out to them, Pastor Brian Bolton and John uh, Schaefer and Pastor Justin Maslanka. But anyway, um, so after that, I went out with Pastor Justin out to um, Cleveland, and we planted a men's recovery home out there, and, and I was his assistant out there. And how old are you at the time? At the time, I was 30—at that time, I was 32. Okay. 32, yeah. I've been here almost five years, so it would have been uh, almost 37. Yeah, yeah. So I was like 32 years old. Okay. And um, so— yeah, was with him out there for a year and uh, under a lot of um, discipleship training and different things, which basically just simply means this, sitting in classes, learning God's word, studying God's principles, um, and, and figuring that stuff. I was completely immersed in in around godly men because I needed to learn what it was like to be a godly man. First of all, I thought being a godly man was goofy. Just going to be honest sissy it was it was right weak. yeah it was you know what i mean like i literally felt that way yeah. I, I mean because it was the wrong connotation yeah. uh, to it that i had been it had been so convoluted to me 
that I always looked at it as being wimpy. And it wasn't, it's not that at all. I mean, someone who can live for Jesus and, and, and walk this life completely countercultural why, lo- while loving on the culture right. is a difficult thing to do. And, and you've got to be able to stand against your own flesh, your own desires to maybe want to lash out and then not, or, or whatever the case may be, whatever situation you're put in, to be able to act counter to the way the, the you would normally act. Instead of getting angry, being kind. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of being selfish, be selfless. Right, those things are tough to do, man. Yeah, and 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 so it takes a it takes a, a man to be able to live uh, for Jesus. That there's just there's no other way about it. And these men taught me that it was actually cool to live for God. Like, and that's the thing. Like it, it always seems corny, right? Just like uh, watching like any uh, like the, TV what, evangelist. Like what? Well, just what you're talking about in general. Just like yeah, living for God. It's just for whatever reason. Whenever you're a kid, especially because every every bad thing is the cool thing, right? That's the thing sure. you want to do. So all of that is so good and pure and and you're helping others that just seems so corny and boring and boring yeah, yeah. And just lame yeah so that's that's that a mentality you have in your head and everything that's kind of bad and is like on the edge and can get you in a lot of trouble that's what you're like oh those guys are cool because i always wanted i was always just like a a shy introverted kind of nerdy kid who wanted to be that's every kid you want to be the bad boy you want to be like this other guy and then the older you get you realize that's the worst. Like it's that, the worst. <laughs> it's the, the worst. The worst. And all those kids that I wanted to be, like I look back and I'm like, wow. Some of them are are good. Some of them sure. pulled through, but some of them are a mess. And some of them are dead. Like I mean, that's yeah. just it's crazy like that. But uh, it is. okay, so you you go through all of that. You're you're going through all of your training, yeah. and um, through this time, yeah. uh, are you having any thoughts, like any like relapse thoughts, anything of like moving backwards, or you're just tunnel focused, like I'm going forward. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there there were times, you know, I had a couple surgeries and different things, even here recently, where I had to be super careful and uh, of taking any kind of medication and stuff. And and there were there were times where where you know I had to to um, you know get refocused to mm-hmm. say, hold on a second, what you know, Lord, wait a minute, I can feel this pool of addiction again, which is a very scary thing because I know how far it can lead very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so were there times of relapse during that time? No, I wouldn't call them relapse. I definitely was, there, there were a couple times where I could have chose to not pay attention, you know, because listen, God's always constantly giving us stop signs, man, mm-hmm. blinking red light saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Cause he loves us so much. He's like, Hey, hold on, hold on, Keith. Your dude, you can either choose to stop taking the medication you're on because it's starting to cause these thoughts in your mind. It's starting to cause your flesh to do this. It's starting to cause these desires to well up inside of you again. Yeah. You can either stop it now or you can keep going the way you're going, and then we're going to deal with some really hard stuff down the road. Yeah. And and so God would do that for me, and, and I was just you know in a position at the time to listen, you know, to say, okay, God. You're right. And then stop doing it, right. you know, and also having men of God around me that was able to, to, to come up beside me and say, hey, listen, man, it's, you know, uh, it's cool. You know, it's, it's not great that that happened. We, we, we get it, but it's OK. We're, we're good. We, we didn't go this far. We didn't do that, you know. Um, so, hey, you know, just just refocus and, and get back on, on track to the where you're heading and, and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. The times that we struggle in life, even in a Christian life. As a pastor, is because I I get my eyes off of him mm-hmm. and start focusing all the cir- circumstances around me. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to solve this problem? 
how can I how can I fix this person or fix this or whatever the case you know whatever we're dealing with at the time and when that happens and we start relying on our own strengths and our own abilities and we are weak fallible human beings that aren't going to stand up very well against a, a long hard tests every day without God helping and guiding and giving us strength in them and so yeah man there, there were times where obviously I'd have to to really watch what happened because you know I'd have you know ankle injuries or whatever or knee injuries leg injuries these sort of things and of course they would put you on on medications or whatever and have to be super careful of of what happened mm-hmm. you know that that those things didn't get t- taken out of hand again and so um yeah, I just had to stay focused, man, and 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 keep myself surrounded with with godly people and godly influences. So, like a practical kind of thing, like so, you're talking about like helping somebody out, or like somebody needs your guidance or whatever, and you say, uh, "I just I put it in uh, God's hands, or I let Him like take control." What does that mean exactly? Like in a practical way, like so, instead of you like thinking of how you can do it, what do you do instead? Like, what is your approach? Yeah, that's a good. That's a great question. Uh, th- that's definitely something that that's a constant battle daily of of prioritizing what matters um, the most. And so, I guess, excuse me. One of the things that that I would say I do is, you know, in those times where I'm coming up with hard decisions to make, or or I've got a lot on my plate, it's in those times that I'll actually take a moment and, and just go into my office or, or into my prayer closet, if you will, and pray and just talk to Jesus about it. You know, um, just say, Hey, Lord, you know, how how can how can I get this done? Or, you know, Lord, I need your help in this in this time. Mm-hmm. So it's simply asking God to help. And it's interesting what God does because I've had, you know, my wife and I are, are truly blessed now. But there was a time in our marriage where we would struggle with money a little bit, you know, early on in ministry and different things um, where we, would, we wouldn't know how we were going to pay our bills. Just to be honest with you, like there was times where we weren't sure, like, okay, how is this going to happen? And this is no joke, man. We would go to God in prayer. We'd say, Lord, we need help. And I'm not kidding you, Rob. We would wake up, go to the mailbox, and we would find cash money in our mailboxes. This is no lie. People walking up and handing me checks for a thousand bucks because God told them to do it. This is these are real stories. Like this mm-hmm. ain't me, you know, fabricating something. This is people would do this. They would walk up with, you know, hundred dollar bills in their hands and saying, Hey, here, God, you know, um, God wanted me to give this to you. And so the Lord would use other godly people to help fill a void that we were experiencing because we went to him in prayer and asked for help. Right. You know, just because we talked to him and let him know. And these weren't people that most, they most likely knew of you or knew your story. Or do you think they were just people, some of them were just people who just didn't even know your situation? Yeah, some of them didn't have any clue even who I was. Never heard my story, never heard anything about me. Just God spoke to them that, that a young man was going to be at the service that day talking, and they were supposed to give me money. Wow. And they would walk up. Yeah. Like, but that that's what God does when we trust him, you know, when, when we do put it in his hands. And what that looks like is just simply sitting down and talking to him. Say, God, you know, I don't know how you're going to do it. I just know your word says that you're working all things together for my good. Right. So, so Lord, I'm going to believe that. Now Now help me in this and give me the strength in it. And, and, he, and he does. I mean, it, it's a crazy thing how you'll start to feel peace in the midst of the, the worst sorrowful situation you maybe ever been in. And all of a sudden you go to prayer or, or you just talk to the Lord. 
just simply Jesus. I, I you know, um, I lost a loved one. I, I did whatever, and all of a sudden you'll feel this peace that fills you that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You can't tangibly put a, an answer like you can't equivocate it. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. you. You can't make an equation out for it to say this, this, this equal this. But rather, you're just sitting there, just talking to the Lord, and just like you and I are talking now, you know, it doesn't have to be some big religious um, prayer that you're doing. It's a simple right. dialogue between you and the Father and Jesus. You know, and and all of a sudden, man, He'll just show up in in a really weird way in the sense that you, your spirit will start to feel over overwhelmed with joy, peace, and a comfort even in the midst of a hard situation Mm -hmm. because you're surrendering it to him and realizing, hey, you know, I walk by faith and not by sight, that even though I can't see him, I have faith because his word says it to be true, that I can cast my cares on him because he cares for me. So I will do that because God's word says it, and I I do that. I, I walk by faith and not by sight. Wow. Okay. That's that's some powerful stuff. Yeah. That's that's real. It's real. That's the crazy part. It's it's real. hard to believe, right? It's in this day and age. I'll use that expression. Yeah. With all the bad talk that there is about church and all of that, that this this it's been talked about for so long. Obviously, it's like the basis for you know our it's the basis for our calendar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it's true. It's all there, like in front of your face at all times. Yeah. But a lot of people, I guess it's one of those like a cliche kind of thing. It's so cliche that it, usually the things that are cliche are the things that are true because they've been passed down for so long. They've become just common knowledge to a point where you don't even believe them anymore because yeah. they're common knowledge, right? It's so yeah. like embedded in. And I guess it's got such a bad name in certain respects that uh, you lose sight and you lose track. And it's hard to uh, it's hard for a lot of people to keep that that line of sight on track. Let me... This is another thing that uh, I, I think is is tough for people, and is, is something that I don't necessarily truly explain. And maybe you could explain it a little bit better. Like, say, like there's a death in your say you're very you're very religious, or you're very into the church, or you're very just you're very you believe in Jesus and God, and like sure. somebody in your family dies, yeah. or has something terrible happen to them, or a situation like that. People often will be like, "Why would you do this to me? Like, why would this happen to me? God, yeah. I believe in you. Like, I pray you know every day." I talk to you. Why would this happen? Wow. What's the answer there? Like, is it just because things just happen, and it's how you deal with them? Yeah, it's or is it's, it a test? Or yeah, it's really hard to. to I'm, gonna, exp- I'm gonna fix your headphone cord here for a second because okay. I, I see it's short. It's short, and so it's I'm, bothering I'm, me. It's, it's probably bothering, bothering you. It's definitely bothering me. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm okay. Um, yeah, so that that's a that's a really tough question, and and I think it's a question that everybody struggles with, uh, from the from the sense that, you know, God, why did you do it? First of all, let me address that. God didn't do it. Um, he only has good gifts, right? That, that's what Scripture says. That God is only good. So, so God didn't do the bad thing uh, that that had taken place. However, we we live in a sinful and fallen world, um, and sin causes pain, hurt, uh, destruction, and all these things that that takes place. Sickness, disease. That's when disease entered. Was when Adam and Eve sinned, right? right? So that's when when the sin came in. Uh, disease entered with it, and so. You know, I think that, that that's really hard. All all we have, to, all we got to go on, is that God is good, and He says that He will show up and help us in our time of need. Mm-hmm. That's what He says, um, and and so we we've got to believe that, and we we we've got to rest assured in that. Not that then everything, um, you know, just 
is, is perfect because we live in an imperfect world. Yeah. So just because you give your life to Jesus, I don't want to say like everything in your life is going to be perfect. No, there, there's still things that's going to happen because life happens. And, and it is a lot with how do we deal with it uh, when they do come our way, when trials and tribulations and hurts hit us. Mm-hmm. Do, but do we know that our foundation is secure in who Jesus is in us? Because if our foundation is Christ, then anything that comes with us or at us literally won't shake us off of that. And, and then it's crazy because uh, Scripture says this, that that what the enemy meant for harm, God will use for your good. So in other words, if something bad happens to me, right? Okay, my, my drug addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Satan meant that for my harm, man. He tried to kill me with that several times, okay? Multiple of my friends OD'd and died from heroin, mm-hmm. multiple. And, and, and Jesus you know, rescued me from it uh, because I, I decided to turn to him and, and, and do that. And my other friends, they didn't. And so, but now since, since God rescued me from that, now I can sit on this side of it and talk to people with those problems or some kind of problem and be able to, to say, listen, man, God has great plans for your life. I promise you, you just wait and see what Jesus can do. A lot of times I tell people, Hey, give God one year, you know, you, you've given the enemy and your flesh 15 years give god one see what he can do with it mm-hmm. because god will do so much with just a little and and so um you know so the enemy meant for all that for my harm but but god turned it and now is using it for good to where i can minister to people's lives and their hearts and say look this is what jesus can do not that i have it all together or that i'm perfect in any any way because i'm not uh, however i know jesus is real that he loves me and that that i can do all things through christ who gives me strength and um so so those are are the things that God will will turn to good, even those hurtful things that you've experienced. So how we walk through it is a great indicator uh, of what God has done in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's God sending them to test you, right. but rather through that test that the enemy has thrown at you, you can show God's glory to this world. You know, um, So yeah, I don't know if that answered your question well. Or... No, it does, because okay. I, there's a great saying that I always try to go by. It's make your mess your message. Oh, come so, on. That the mess, like your that. drug addiction, was it was there, yeah. So you could have a message. So you'd have like a something to talk about. You'd have uh, you know your your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's something that you can really relate to somebody who goes through the same issue with. Uh, so you ask like, why do these terrible things happen? Well, maybe they're maybe they're happening currently, so that you can get through them, so that you can use that to help somebody else who goes through it, right? Yeah. And that's a good. I like that expression because that that's. This, that's totally separated from uh, from God and Jesus. It's just a, a good saying. Like whatever that thing was that was screwing you up, if you can turn it around and use it for good, then you've really taken a low point and 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 turned it into the best thing you could possibly turn it into. Like Absolutely, that's, that's a, yeah, I like that. I might steal that from you. There you go. I might take. <laughs> if you hear it from the pulpit on Sunday, don't be upset. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had asked you this before because I've always been curious, and I think that uh, a lot of people who, who don't who don't fully understand are curious as well. Like when you talk about Jesus, why would you talk about Jesus and not about God? Because my wife and I would talk about this after you'd have one of your messages on stage, and we're like, why is he always talking about Jesus? Like, didn't wouldn't God be the one you'd want to talk about? I mean, like, Jesus is like close to him. But God's the dude. Like he's the one you'd really, really want to like be like, hey man. Yeah. I mean, I know Jesus is like a middleman here. Like, can I get right? To-? <laughs> so explain that a little bit because that yeah. that was something that had always confused me. Um, and whenever I was younger, and then I heard you doing it, and I was like, well, I can actually. I feel like I could approach you and ask you that without it being 
Weird. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you're, you're or, a sinner because you asked me a question. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. that's what the church has done. Yes. Made people feel like if you ask God a question, he can't handle it and he's going to strike you dead. Yes. For, no. That's, I mean, cutting off communication with people is cutting people off because we are people of communication. That's how we, that's how we interact is to communicate with one another. So how yeah. can we, you know, if the church isn't open or, or, you know, pastors aren't open to answer questions or field questions that may be a little bit um, even controversial, um, you know, and, and deal with it in the right way or answer it in the best way that they can, then I don't know what we're trying to do as a, as a, you know, as a community, yeah. um, as a family. You're so, not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how dare you ask me a question? Uh, but <laughs> no, so uh, how dare you, Rob? But anyway, I'll answer it anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, so th- this is why we do that, man. We the the reason I preach that is because Scripture says this that that Jesus is our high priest, uh, that he was tempted in every way that we are, except was without sin, and then gave his life for us um, to die as the perfect sacrifice for our sins, so that now we can live completely blameless and righteous before the Father. Scripture says this that God has bestowed upon Jesus the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and every knee will bow, um, that, that he is that he is the King. And so that means that God is the one. The Father has glorified Jesus because of what he's done for us. His Son, he has put on him the name that is above every name. The Father has. Scripture says that God has, has um, bestowed upon him the his glory and his honor upon Jesus, his son, that he is literally the invisible God made visible to us. And so in other words, God is the one that gave Jesus that because God's the father, right? Jesus, the son, and then the Holy spirit, right? And the three are one because they, they each operate the way the father is and who the father is. Jesus says this in scripture throughout it. He says, I don't speak on my own behalf, but rather on behalf of the one who sent me, I don't do anything on my own own will, but rather the will of the one who sent me, talking about his father. Mm-hmm. So he looks, acts, and, and and is the father made flesh, right? He's the word of God made flesh to dwell among men. So mm-hmm. uh, because God has done that, that tells you and I, right, to, to make sure that, that, that we're going to Jesus because he is the one that came for us. Does that does that make sense at all? Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- that's why we do it is because He's the way, the truth, and the life. That no one gets to the Father. We we ain't getting to Him without Jesus. Mm-hmm. If Jesus didn't do what He did, none of us are getting there because we can't live by a bunch of rules. We're not able to do it. We might be able to do it for a time, right? right? You may be able to live by the Ten Commandments for a time, but you're not going to be able to sustain that type of living just because of who we are. And and so Jesus did what he did so that we we don't no longer, we're no longer trying to follow rules. We're trying to to, uh, create a relationship. And what's cool about Jesus is, is that we love him because he first loved us. That we follow him because he first came for us, mm-hmm. which is amazing to me that, that the God of the universe loves me so much that he gave his life for me. Jesus said, I came to serve, not be served, right? Because he came to serve first, now we serve him, and um, you know, which is amazing. But that's why I preach Jesus, because without Christ crucified, there is none of this. We, we can't have a relationship with the Father without the Son. So that, that's, that's why we do it. So was Jesus like when when he first arrived? Was did he have the mission, or did the mission was he just like a normal guy and then found the mission along the way? Oh no, Jesus. So 
because I've heard two different ways of that. Like I've heard some people talk about like how he he was just a normal a normal dude, and through his life, through his like trials and tribulations, became yeah. what he is. And then there's also the you know he was sent here to do it. Sure. Yeah. I I would have to say so. So Scripture says that he was fully God and okay. fully man, which is hard for us to compartmentalize that. Because we are compartmentalized in our brains, yeah. right? We we can't think of two or more things, right? It's either this or it's that. It's yeah. either black or it's white. You know what I mean? Or it's whatever. When nothing it, is, right? It's true. A lot of it's gray. Yeah. And so you know, there's very few things that are that are absolutes in this world. Very few. Yeah. Jesus is is one of the only things that's absolute all the time. He he'll never leave you, never forsake you. Um, but you know, yeah. So the the. Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. He came with a manifest destiny. You know what I mean? Like God, he knew what he was here to do. He knew it. Like from a young age. Like from being Well, a... so that, that's unclear. Right. That's okay, unclear. That's... That, that doesn't mention in Scripture. That's that, interesting. I, I yeah, wonder like when he was a kid. Like, yeah, he... he was probably a, uh, you know, probably a kid, I would think. He just stand out. He was yeah. in honors classes. Like, yeah, probably yeah. in all honors classes, like college prep at <laughs> right. like, you know what I mean, like five years old. Right. But yeah. no, he, you know, it's funny because when he was around 12 he he stayed back in the temple in jerusalem and and the parents his parents you know his um, earthly parents because you know jesus wasn't born of a man's seed yeah right adam um or joseph was not his dad right so he was born of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. so you know he didn't have the, the the man's seed in him. He had God's seed in him, which makes him different from us right off the bat. Yeah. Um, in, in the way that you know, um, he he wasn't born a man, so he wasn't part of the sinful um, genealogy of men. And so you know, but when he was twelve, he stayed back in the temple, and the parents you know really got upset, and they went back because it was the the uh, Passover um, week, and they were having the Last Supper and and all this and and and. Um, well, back then it wouldn't have been the Last Supper; it was the Passover. So they mm-hmm. were at the feast, and Jesus stays back, and they're all headed back to their their home or whatever. And they notice he's not with them, so he goes back, and they're upset. And Jesus says, "Well, why are you upset? I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm about my father's business." And so, even from a young child, he knew he was about his father's business. He he knew it. So there, there, that that's a clue that that he knew what he was here to do. Um, so all along, yeah, all along, just... you know. But 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 then again, scripture doesn't state like at two years old Jesus knew he was going. You know what I mean? Like none of that because takes nobody place. knew about him back then because he was just a little kid. It was like it was just another right. Everybody little... forgot. You know what I mean? Too like because everybody would have known that Mary was just you know at least their family. Yeah, nobody right. outside their family would have known because you know Joseph was a godly man and he didn't want to bear her you know shame or whatever, and oh, so right. she'd have been pregnant out of wedlock. Um, you know, so but their, their family would have known that she got pregnant without you know uh, knowing a man, and so you know, but they all forgot too. After all them years too of living with somebody, they would have kind of you know kind of uh, I guess forgot that right, Jesus yeah, was Jesus. Day to day life, you just it's just things happen, and you just sort of yeah, yeah know you're saying just like anybody else. It's just like today, it's kind of the same deal, right? Reading the Bible is interesting to me because. Uh, how much time do you have, by the way? I don't want to uh, keep you super I've got, long. I I've got at least 10 more minutes. You're a busy man. Yeah. Um, but the Bible is crazy to me because, like, you're reading, like, like the oldest piece of history ever. Yeah. Like, and it's passed down 
it's it's crazy to read just like how uh, things were written because I have a version that breaks it down in, in more simpler terms where I can understand it because I try to read like the like you said the King James version I just am that's tough baffled I it's, can't it's, even read yeah that. it's so confusing <laughs> um, it, so when I'm reading it I just I feel like a it's a time capsule obviously uh, but it's also very interesting how it was not written down until like hundreds of years afterwards right it was passed down verbally. Is that right? How how did it no. get passed down throughout the generations before somebody actually finally sat and wrote before it? they penned it? Yeah. Well, w- w- which which part are you talking about? The Old Testament? Sure. The, the yeah. New Testament. Okay, because the, the New Testament. Testament was penned by by people who lived it. That right. They were alive. Jesus. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Alive they, at the time. they actually lived with Jesus, walked with him most of it. Like Paul was the only apostle in it that wrote that didn't. Well, in Luke. But the Apostle Paul and Luke were the only two that never met Jesus in the New Testament because you had Peter and, and, and John and all of them actually, uh, James, all of them walked with Jesus okay. um, and talked with him. So they, they lived it and then wrote it. They had an eyewitness account. Um, but yeah, the Old Testament, so Moses, I'm pretty sure they, they think that Moses penned, you know, the 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 Torah, the first uh, twelve, I think it's the first twelve books or something. I think they called it the Torah. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not up on my Jewish history right at this moment. Okay. It's been a while <laughs> since I've studied, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, it, but that you're right. Um, it wasn't until later that, that maybe they that they penned that stuff through through word. But I'm not sure on the end of. of if you know they found manuscripts that were written and they just rewrote them, I'm, I'm not sure exactly with the with the early stuff in the Bible. I've always been so curious because it's like the game of telephone. Like by the time you get to the end of the game of the tel- of telephone, the thing that was said first at the end of the game is completely, completely different. Opposite, yeah. So I, that's that's one of the major. Um, if somebody's going to try to counteract things that were said in the Bible or or whatever the message was, it stayed the same from all them years though. So, so think about – so if you think about all the, the thousands of years ago that this stuff was written, right? In, in, in the Bible, the, the, the message has stayed the exact same through all them years. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing to me knowing that God had a hand in keeping his word pure mm-hmm. from, from all them that time. You know, to me, I think that's pretty amazing. Oh, that absolutely is amazing. Yeah. I just, I want, I, I just, that's one of those things that I've always questioned. Like, when was it actually finally written down after it had been told? The tales had been told for so many years, and somebody finally decided, I got to sit down, I got to make sure this is a, a piece of history that is, is kept and kept pure. I'm just, you know, that's, that's one of those things that I guess, I, mean, I don't know if people actually know the real answer to that or not, but I'd be very fascinated to find out how it all happened and yeah. if they do know. And when they found, I guess, like the 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 the, the sea scrolls, the dead, right? sea, the scrolls. dead sea scrolls, like mm-hmm. that sort of thing, like that's going back to when, yeah, they found one of the original, the copies of it. Yeah. So uh, okay. So anyways, before you get out of here, yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about like non-denominational, like your church is non-denominational. Yes. I think that's a really important part mm-hmm. because all of the different denominations battle. Or at least used to battle with sure. each other, right? Yeah, it was yeah. always kind of it was messy. Yeah. So sure it was. Being non-denominational, how did you get to that point, and why did you choose to travel that route instead of grabbing a hold of one of the ones that was already there? Yeah. Um, well, I tell you, I just felt like for us and what God was calling us to was um, to to be um, outside of of the traditional denominations. Um, you know, I, I've got great friends, man. 
that that are, are part of uh, denominations that, that love Jesus just like we do. All that stuff. We ain't doing it right. It's just the way we felt like the Lord speak to us to do it. Um, in, in the sense that you know we we want to be able to reach people that maybe who would want to go to church but they don't like the whole denominational thing. You know, and 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 so we we wanted to have that uh, ability, if you will, for people to be able to come, uh, whether they're from Baptist, Pentecostal, um, Charismatic, whatever, uh, you know, Lutheran, uh, Methodist uh, churches, whatever, you know, they can come there uh, because it's not got a denomination with it and mm-hmm. so that that's the reason we just felt like for us what god wanted us to do was that to leave it non-denominational so and and you know so i, I think yeah i just think that's that's what the lord you know called us to do so. it just seems like a more of a uh the way he may have wanted it i don't know if that's the if yeah. that's the way he wanted you to do it but in general it just seems like then you're not judging anybody you're not separating anybody Everybody's cool. You all can, can come in here, and it's gonna yeah, definitely work out listen, the same way. The Bible, the Bible definitely doesn't talk about denominations. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that knows God's word, it's not it's not telling you to be a part of a denomination. It's, that was it's, a man made. That's a man made thing. thing. Um, you know, it, we're we're called to be the body, the body of Christ, right? And so, the body of Christ is not a denomination. It, it's literally Jesus ruling and reigning over that. Uh, body or, or what you know over that that church mm-hmm. and so and um, yeah I think denominations have played a part in um, causing some division at times uh, for sure um, you know so but hey you, you know like I said I, I've got great friends that, that are part, part of denominations that that don't act that way at all that mm-hmm. that are completely open to to every other denomination you know i mean that partner with with baptists that partner with methodists that partner you know with multiple uh denominations if you will and they they don't let that be a dividing point although some people do which is very very sad because as long as you're you're you know going after jesus and we're both following him then we should be heading in the in the same direction you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, we, we just really felt like that's what God wanted us to do was to stay uh, non-denominational in, in what we're doing. Um, so, yeah. That was one of the things that I was attracted to whenever I came in. And um, I want to give you a chance to like talk about anything or promote anything you want to promote before you go. But I, when I first came into uh, CWC and I told you this, there were, you know, there's people writing down notes and books, like keeping their own personal journals. And the band on stage is so, they're so passionate and powerful with what they're doing. And the guys on stage, like, eyes closed, look like they're in pain, almost near <laughs> tears as yeah. they're singing. And, and uh, you know, you I walk in it. as an outsider and you laugh at if I told you this the first time. And I was looking at these guys like, really? Like, is this real? Is this for real that you're actually doing that? Or it's just like you're putting something on. And then a couple of weeks later, your wife was actually singing. Julie was singing. I don't know. I forget which song it was. But I was like moved by the way she was just, I could tell that she was fully in her eyes were closed and she was just, just going. Yeah. Like, it was just all out. And I, I thought, man, I, I felt like I, I get why he's making that face. I get why that guy's making that face. Yeah. I get why they're writing stuff down because like there's there's something here. There's something yeah. powerful, and there's something real. And mm-hmm. I, and it made sense to me. It took a, a couple of weeks of like being comfortable. I guess it would be first of all the situation, and then second of all like feeling the energy myself. So I think you guys are doing an amazing thing, and also having it in Tyrone, which is. A yeah. city that, you know, lots of cities need help. But sure. Tyrone's one of those ones, as far as locally, central Pennsylvania, that always stands out as like, there's always something bad happening in Tyrone. It just has a bad rap in sure. general. Yeah. So it's awesome that you guys are doing that there. 
Um, so anything you want to promote or anything you want to say about CWC? I know you've got the the, the festival coming up yeah. in September. So what do you got for us? Well, yeah, let me just say this. You know, um, man, we're, we're just excited about about what God's doing. People in the hearts of in the hearts of people. You know, and and so we we just want to be. First of all, we want to be a church where people come in and feel loved and appreciated. And, and if and if they can do that, um, then then I really like I talked about earlier. Then their guards can be let down, and then God can move on their hearts. We just don't want to be. We don't want to be the people getting in front of people. You know, blocking God from touching people. We don't yeah. want to be that. We want to be able to get out of the way and say, God, do what only you can do in these people's lives. And, and you know, I'm not saying we do it perfect, uh, but we definitely, that's our heart. That's what we strive for. And, and, and Jesus is real, man. And if, if, if you guys don't, anybody listening don't have a church, we'd love for you guys to come out and, and check out uh, CWC on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Uh, down there in Tyrone. The Facebook um, page. I mean, oh, how, yeah, how can Facebook. they find you on Facebook? What is yeah. just it's community yeah. worship center? Um, just type that in the search bar, and then put if, if it don't pop right up, put Tyrone in it, and mm-hmm. then you'll you'll see. Um, it's hard to explain the the logo. Can you explain the logo? What do you mean the the CWC logo? What it looks like? Oh, it's, hard. Right. it's like a it's like pillars that make a cross or something. Uh, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> anyway, Community I'll, Worship I'll, Center Tyrone. I'll it put should... the link up on the on the podcast in the okay. notes so people can find it. But, uh, yeah. you know, watch the videos. You've all your messages up on there. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of content that you guys put out. A lot of stuff on there. Yeah, would yeah, check it out if if you enjoy it. You know, we'd love to have you. Um, you know, we we just want, like I said, you know, it's funny. I've had uh, opportunities to go and and speak to leadership teams and and all this stuff at other churches and things. People ask me to come in to teach them about church growth, how to grow a church, and and I tell them, I you know, first of all, I, I don't know how to grow a church. I the only thing I know how to do is I said is love people and then love God with all of our heart. That's it. And, and, and then surrender to him and say, Jesus, because Scripture tells us that Jesus will build his church. And so we don't have to grow the church. We just got to love people and love God, and then he'll do He'll do the rest. So, you know, yeah, so we, we would love for anybody just to come and, and see what's going on there. And uh, you were just talking about the carnival, actually. Carnival, yeah. The carnival, September 2nd, um, starts at 12 o'clock in the afternoon right down there um, behind the subway uh, in Tyrone. So if you come down off the Tyrone exit, the main Tyrone exit, Hang a right past the Burger King, go down to the subway. You won't be able to get down that street. It'll be blocked. Like you can't miss it. It's September second, starting at twelve to six p.m. There'll be a huge raffle prize giveaway of over, you know, around five thousand dollars worth of free gifts that we give away. There's, um, you know, flat screen TVs. There's um, Xbox Ones and iPads and all this stuff that we give away for absolutely free. We we feed everybody. Uh, you can get a hot dog, snow cone, cotton candy, all the carnival food you can think of there for. Free tons of rides, you know, bouncy trampolines and um, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of fun. We, we have a great time, man. Uh, Twelve to six on September the second. Uh, so yeah, come on out and, and have a good time. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be there. And yeah. uh, you know, if anybody listens to this who's not from Central Pennsylvania, because what's awesome about podcasts they're worldwide. Yeah. So I mean, if you're anywhere else in the world listening to this, and you can find you guys live stream, we live stream on, yeah. on YouTube, YouTube, right? Yep. So YouTube, yeah, yeah. If you go under to the website cwctyrone.org, okay. cwctyrone.org, we've got a little button there. 
the YouTube on there that they can hit and it takes you right to, or we have a button that says watch live. So on Sunday mornings, if you go on to our website, cwctyrone.org, you can click watch live and boom, it takes you right to, or it's embedded in the website. So you can watch, watch our live service and buy a plane ticket and come in for come uh, on. September 2nd for yeah, the carnival. <laughs> come and check it out. Yeah. We, we love that. Pastor Keith, yeah. thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. And I only got to like three of the things or maybe two of the things that I wanted to talk about. So we're going to have to do this again at some point. Hey, I, I enjoyed it so much. It'd be a reoccurring theme. As long as all your listeners enjoyed it. You, you, you never know that they might not tune back in if you're having me back. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think once they see you on stage and see how passionate you are too, if you watch those videos, man, you're, you're captivating on stage. So it's really, it's uh, different than any other, I should say than any church I've ever been to in person. It, you can feel that you're really into it, that you really are, are, are passionate about it, that you love it, and that your message, like you, you send it out there in a very understandable and relatable way. So I just want to give you a compliment on that because you do a great thanks, job. Bro. I appreciate that so much. Thank no, you. Not a problem, sir. Well, hey, thanks for having me. And uh, you, you probably have, have a like, great day. You probably have like 8,000 text messages. At so least. we got to go. At least. <laughs> All right, later. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. Perhaps one of my favorite podcasts ever because he's just a fun guy to talk to. We click on some sort of level where we just seem to get each other. And uh, I just enjoy talking to him because he, he's pure, he's honest, he's the real deal. Right, I guess that's why his last name's Deal, right? Pastor Keith Deal, the real deal in the house, in the Z-Dome today, in Launchbox. That's where we do this thing, from Altoona, Pennsylvania, downtown Altoona, bringing it back for my zebras. What's up? Thank you for listening. So if you ever want to be a part of the podcast, just reach out to me. Just talk to me. What do you want to do? What do you want to say? What's going on? Just let me know. I'm here for the people. So 814-799-799. 0064 You can call the, the voicemail for the podcast. Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Z Yo. And if you are on iTunes listening, if you'd leave me a rating and uh, just say something nice about the podcast, don't say anything mean. I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do, but if you're going to say something mean, uh, man, can we talk beforehand? Maybe I can talk you out of it. That's a possibility. 814-799-0064. I'll talk to you zebras next time. Thanks. Bye. Peace. That's brutal.